Welcome to the My Family Coach podcast. I'm Claire and each week you'll find me interviewing a guest expert to find out more about the tricky world of child behaviour, all in handy 15 minute-ish bite-sized chunks. At the end of each episode we'll send you away with three practical tips. It's perfect for parents, carers and professionals working with children. And if this episode leaves you wanting more, you can watch, listen and read our wide range of free resources on the My Family Coach website. I'm joined today by Lauren Seeger-Smith. Lauren is CEO of bullying prevention charity Kidscape. She has worked with children and families for over 20 years and is a passionate campaigner for children's rights. And this is a two-part special and Lauren and I in both parts will be talking about gender and bullying. Enjoy the episode. Hi Lauren, how are you? Yeah, good thanks. Good to be with you. Good to have you back on the show. You're now friend of the show, Lauren Seeger-Smith. We <laughs> are excited to be talking about the topic today. And it's one that was quite interesting to talking to you off air about it. It's one where maybe there isn't so much research uh, around on. And, and it's the issue of gender and bullying. As always, we start off with a book recommendation. Yeah, this was a bit of a struggle. Uh, I think it's identified there's a, there's a gap here. Um, mm. certainly as far as I, I can see. I mean, the, the, the Rebel Girl books are, are fabulous um, for younger ones, for, for kind of inspirational role models, but mm. kind of literature for, for young people um, who are who struggling around kind of bullying and gender-related bullying is, is quite challenging. I mean, the one the go-to for me would be You Are Autumn by Matthew Syed. I think that works mm. really well um, for, for all young people. But uh, yeah, I think there's a bit of a gap actually around books that I could really confidently, uh, recommend on this. But that's really interesting. I know for some of the research I've done as well, that when, when I specifically was looking for issues around maybe girls and, and bullying and the difference potentially between girls and boys I know we're talking in real binary terms and obviously there there are bits in between as as well but I I did find a real lack of information on on the topic and it yeah it makes it quite tricky doesn't it yeah it does make it it does make it quite hard and also I think there's always you know a lot of stereotypes and a lot of assumptions that that we can get into um well through through talking today but I think yeah it does make it challenging when there's not all that much out there for people around this just thinking about the the topic and I think you're right I think we need to kind of draw our line about talking in in binary terms and I think during this episode we're going to talk about girls and and boys um but we can also broaden it out and think about bullying around um gender identity and and sexuality um as well but it was interesting I do remember when I was looking through the research that in the research, everything is researched in very binary terms and it misses out that whole subgroup that I've just mentioned. And I don't want to call it a subgroup, but in, I guess, analytical terms, um, yeah, it just isn't really researched in the same way. And I found that really interesting and actually a little bit sad that, you know, a whole wealth of information is missed out because of uh, binary definitions of gender. Yeah. And, you know, it's really missing a point because it's it's difficult to separate gender and sexuality when we're looking at this type of bullying because a lot of gender related bullying and and homophobic biphobic transphobic bullying is all related to perceptions of gender norms um, Mm. and what's acceptable and the policing of gender norms within our schools 
um, and it's all interrelated. So if you are a young person who does not fit in to the perceived norm, whatever mm. that might be, you are significantly more likely to experience bullying. And that's a real, real challenge. So we know that LGBT young people experience much, much higher levels of bullying. Um, but there's something in there around. It's not just about sexuality. It's also about children being fed messages around what's normal and what's acceptable and really struggling around that identity issue. Um, and that starts at a really, really young age. And at a young age, that's fed by the attitudes of adults that, mm. that are not born with a preconceived idea around what's normal. They'd learn that as they go. Um, and we see that in schools at a really, really young age. So when you've got, um, you know, children told that this is how girls dress, this is how boys dress, this is what girls play with, this is what boys play with, um, that starts to feed messages through to children around what's meant to be normal. Um, and that affects how they treat one another. And that can be really, really hard. So, you know, you know, as a charity, we're, we're very clear with schools around you. You've really got to challenge those stereotypes, mm -hmm. support children from a really young age to be happy being who they are, um, what, whatever that means. Um, and that means working hard around the types of books that you have in school yeah. for children, that they're not reinforcing stereotypes around, you know, the toys that you have around dressing up. Um, you know, there are lots and lots of ways that schools can reinforce these stereotypes. Sometimes that can make things really, really unhelpful. Um, I know for myself, my, my girl growing up when she was little, um, she was a real tomboy for want of a better word and would only ever wear trousers to school and very much migrated to the boys. Um, and I'd get comments around, oh, it's, it's a shame that she doesn't play with more girls and, you know, she's mm. always with the boys and you're thinking, so what? <laughs> she's a she can play with who she likes you know that's that's absolutely fine and and so you know it's really important that that the environment you create is one where children can be whatever they want to be um from, from a really young age and there's not enough of that there isn't and i think linking back to the book that you've recommended really that that idea that you're awesome you know no matter what if if you're not fitting into the the stereotypes that society or our community create that you still can be awesome you know no no matter where you are and it's really interesting that it's perceptions and stereotypes that that drive some of that bullying behavior and I think it's something that we all can do, practitioners, parents, carers, to, to break it down more. I, I know perhaps from, from working in schools, there would be the, the classic thing of, you know, oh, I need some nice, tough, strong boys to move a table. And girls often just getting complimented on how they look. You know, girl, girls can face, I think, from, from a really early age, that stereotype that the way that they look is more important than what's inside. And I think that might drive some of those um, bullying behaviours if someone falls outside of that. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we see at Kidscape as well is people quite often will think that girls experience more bullying than boys or that girls experience more relational bullying than boys. And, and research does suggest that to some extent. But in terms of children that come through our services, we have equal numbers of girls and boys. Mm. Um, and if you look at childline statistics, you'll see that it, more boys of primary age um, are, are contacting around bullying than girls, contacting childline around bullying than girls. And I think one of the stereotypes is that boys are not nasty. 
other <laughs> and girls are which is not played out that the reality is all children are capable of harmful behavior towards others and that can present in in lots of different forms um i think girls are also becoming increasingly physical as well mm. because almost they've had permission to be Mm. Um, which is not necessarily a, a good thing. It, we should have been working harder on sort of supporting boys not to feel like they have to be aggressive. And, you know, I think all, all children, regardless of gender, are capable of different types of bullying behaviours. And I worry a bit that for boys, some of the emotional, relational bullying goes under, under, doesn't get picked up because they're discouraged from sharing that that's happening or from crying or from showing what's seen as perceived weakness. Um, we definitely see the case that um, boys are kind of fed a message that you need to fight back. Um, if someone hits you, hit them back mm. hard. Gets talked about a lot. Um, and almost this, you know, you, you will deal with this yourself. And I think because of that, a lot of bullying of boys goes, goes under, undercover, um, which can be really, really challenging. So from our perspective, you know, all children are capable of harmful behaviour towards each other of every form. Um, and that it's really important to kind of see children as individuals and, and see what's going on for them and what's going on for them and their relationships. Um, because other, otherwise we're doing young people a real disservice. I think sometimes boys bottle up a lot of it yeah. um, around what they're experiencing in schools, which can come out later in relationships or, or whatever that might look like. Um, and so I think that's one of the challenges that, that, that we face is the kind of perception that children experience things in different ways. And I'm not sure that's always true. I think I think you're absolutely right, Lauren, that, that, that the things that I've read have been really interesting from a research perspective. And we can take research and then actually look at really what's going on as well in front of us. And a lot of the research I read was about girls tending to have more relational bullying episodes and, you know, social media, et cetera. But my experience as supporting families working in schools is that actually it, it those difficulties are, are there with boys as well and I and I think you're right and I don't think that boys always um have a tendency to voice their concerns about things and I think you know that idea of boys bottling up and I know that's a stereotype as well but I think societally there is a movement that you know boys should just get on you know and deal with it you know um you know man up all, all of those kind of phrases I think that really exacerbates the problem yeah I agree and I think you know we have a big challenge in our schools and that you know there's such a, a, a high proportion of women particularly in primary schools so that makes it quite difficult in terms of kind of role modeling and um, in, and in terms of boys feeling like there are people who they can talk to about what they're experiencing. Um, I think that that creates challenges. I think if you think of the scenario, kind of the changing room, changing rooms have a lot to answer for in schools. Mm. Um, and I think if you if you think of a group of year seven boys all in a changing room together, um, that's where you get bullying going on. Yeah. Heck of a lot of bullying in changing rooms and a lot of it around the gender bullying, around the sexuality, sexual related bullying. Um, boys who aren't perceived to, to kind of conform to the male stereotype, you know, the macho, strong, sporty, are very vulnerable within those places. Mm. And um, what you see is that um, LGBT young people experience very high levels of sexual bullying as well mm. um, and, and sexual harassment and sexual harm within schools. Um, and again, it's because all these things are, are, are interrelated. Um, so if, if we don't work hard when children are young to, to, to dismantle some of those stereotypes 
and help them to see that they can be their best selves as they are and, and really discover their own identity. Those things very soon start to play out um, when children make that transition over to secondary school, when they're moving into adolescence mm. um, and they're, they're clinging to kind of that sense of identity and, and power and, and where they are in the peer group, which is, which is very, very damaging. I was, I was once asked to come in and work with a group of um, year 11 boys in, in, in an independent boys school where there'd been mm. significant levels of bullying for a long period of time. And they asked me to come in over a weekend and spend a day with this group of boys as their punishment, um, oh. which, which was quite something. And the thing that really blew my mind was spending a day with them, exploring what was going on for them. They, they were very, very honest and and they had this real toxic masculinity going on in there where they said themselves that you had it was banter and you had to take it and you took it in turns and you were weak if you cried and they saw mental ill health as weakness mm -hmm. um had to take your turn and the only things that were off the table were money and race otherwise you could legitimately be attacked for anything um and that you had to take it and there was this real sort of sense of um loyalty to the group as well that if you broke ranks and you were upset or you talked to somebody or you weren't happy you weren't mm. being loyal to the group it was almost like almost military like like you're part of this group and to stay in this group you have to be able to take the battering you have to be able to take the language um and and that's what makes you strong and that's loyalty to one another and it was like wow and we kind of spent the day trying to unpick some of that and whether it really served them and whether they were happy with that and how it was affecting them and as the day went on you know they really opened up around the fact that they didn't always feel great and they had tough things going on for them and they had other things going on in their lives and they were more than just this group um i think that's the kind of challenges that, that we're potentially facing in some schools with groups of young people it, it's that desperate search for identity and belonging um that if we're not careful can, can get quite toxic and, and quite that dangerous and quite damaging um both for the young people who are within those groups so having to conform to all of those norms to hold their place and then those children who are outside of those groups um, who, who are really vulnerable to bullying. And that's the end of the first part of a two-part special with Lauren Seeger-Smith from Kidscape. Listen out for the next part, which will be released next week. You've been listening to the My Family Coach podcast. Thank you for joining us as we lift the lid on the challenging world of child behaviour. Remember to subscribe to listen to all our episodes and there's heaps more helpful support for all your parenting needs on the My Family Coach website. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.